is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brian, Joe, my host, Nick, and Dan, and gentlemen, World Cup date finale. That is right, the World Cup final is here. It is gone, and we have a new real world champion. I mean, look, one for the ages. I, I said this, Dan, best final I've ever seen. I don't need to get into the debates of best ever because it's subjective, but by far the best final I've ever seen. It's the frame of reference that you have. It's the frame of reference that all of us here have, and I would agree with you. I think we ended up with a bunch of pageantry. We ended up with a score and then a come from behind and then we got into extra time and we got penalties. I mean, you got the full extent. And what I've started telling friends of mine who maybe don't watch soccer all the time is that this is exactly how it goes, Nick, all the time. This is a standard match. This is exactly what you're going to get because we got to get them hooked in now. We got to get the hooks in and keep them interested for the Burnley draws because you know what? That's coming. They might get exposed to that at some point. And we need to make sure that they're fully indoctrinated before then. Yeah, I mean, just wait for the worldies against Bournemouth on the 27th. I mean, that's what you should really be excited about following this game. Um, I don't know if it was the best game ever. I think that's for historians to decide. You know, Brandon, I'm kind of in line with you there. I think it was the most intense match I've ever seen. I, I mean, I think those last, basically from the 60th minute on, that extra 60 minutes was breathtaking, maddening. Uh, it, it was incredible to watch. It was incredible theater. And, uh, you know, I think both teams were battling demons, and, and that kind of showed in this one as well. So uh, very excited to talk about it. I, I needed a nap after for sure um, because I was just spent uh, emotionally watching that. The announcers talking about needing cigarettes afterwards – it's such a weird thing. We could do a whole episode of what <laughs> the hell Fox was even doing. Just Dude, it was so. it was so bad. Like Rob Stone made like a when she's that pretty, you have to kiss her sort yeah, of yeah. like yeah. what the fuck was happening? Yeah. My uh, goodness. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Talking about crowns and things, you're like, no, it's a trophy. Like anyways. <laughs> I hear you. I'm sure that'll get interspersed. Uh, very specifically, we'll be talking about World Cup with everything. Uh, seeing Argentina toppling France on penalties. We'll definitely do the Messi versus Mbappe conversation because, well, why not? And then lastly, uh, just because we're required by law, we will look at the third place game. Because if you talk about the World Cup, you have to talk required about it all. Law. Well, you know, FIFA law, right, Dan? I mean, let's not, let's, you know. Independent Mr. sovereign nation. <laughs> Mr. Q will come after you if you don't mention every game of the World Cup. So Kova and Croatia take their place over Morocco. So anyways, Dan, uh, the, you you pulled the notable. Uh, apparently, you've been bored at the World Cup coverage. You've decided to get back into normalcy a little bit with a three-word World Cup final match review. Well, the lads are back at Cobham. They're getting ready to entertain us. Grand Potter's men are getting ready to take oh, the Premier League by storm. And so we had to get back as listeners, as a community, around the three-word match review. And this one was for the World Cup final, starting off Mr. Thurman with the release the coming... <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, buddy. We're going to go back on that one. <laughs> Jeez. We're going to do a, a nice big edit on that one. <laughs> uh, 
Release the Komen. Oh my god. All right, so editorial change. Dan cannot get through a three-word match for you because it has been far too long. So let me help a brother out, Mr. Thermotha, release the Komen cut. That is right. What did Kingsley Coman get? Is that the insinuation? Clip show with the FIFA narrative one. Brad Pauly with Cutter ruined it. Uh, Mal's with Messi Mbappe. Magic carefree toss with passing the torch. Uh, Alf Sigger says sports washing gold. Qatar. Uh, Brandon Tarney <laughs> saying the greatest ever with a double meeting. Uh, Todd Wade, Yoris bottled it. Oh, gotta love them taking a shot at Spurs. And then Kale saying, holy shitballs. Uh, that would be a compound word for you out there. Keep mm-hmm. track at home. Uh, so, yeah, we, we are getting back into it uh, at many levels. Nick, what about you? Uh, I need a cigarette after Dan's pronunciation of of the earlier ones that we have cut from this podcast. But, uh, look, I, I went uh, because of the weird uh, cloaking that happened during the <laughs> the the trophy. So I didn't understand that. I'm sure it has meaning to it. And I'm, I'm just being obtuse. But like the shroud, I called it the uh, uh, the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter. So I went with Messi's visibility cloak because the cameras, every one of the 198 cameras in the uh, arena were on him. Again, if there's meaning, that's great. Uh, just explain us. Let us know what's going on. Uh, Dan, what about you? I went with three touch points from the tournament and three topics. So migrants, Malays, Messi. The three M's of this World Cup. And, and alliteration on, on top of that. Really, really well done. I knew you were going to like that. I like how we've all kind of gotten in there. Maybe more just Dan. But I said on-field success because that's really all we have to talk about. So uh, before we get into it more, though, uh, just a a gentle reminder, Nick, that we are going to London beginning the March. Double match. You get Leeds and Dortmund in the Champions League. And uh, again, tickets are starting to go. We're excited. People want to hang out. We've got some great stuff planned. Uh, And so get involved if you need a holiday gift idea. Yeah, it, it's it's a really good way to be guaranteed tickets. If you are looking to go over, we get messages all the time saying, hey, how do I get tickets if I don't have loyalty points or if I'm not a part of a CIA group or whatever the case might be? This is a fantastic opportunity to get tickets to Leeds, which will be very intense. I can't promise the same level of intensity as the World Cup final, but it'll be pretty intense regardless. Uh, Dortmund at home, Champions League game. We've we've not been to a Champions League knockout except for the uh, the final in Porto, which was pretty fun. But this will be a home match, which we're really excited about. And then we're also going to go see Chelsea uh, play the uh, the Brighton women uh, at Kings Meadow. Except that if the ball bounces our way, that could actually be a Cup final day. Dan and I were doing some planning, and that could be the at Selhurst final Park at <laughs> at Selhurst Park, a place where. We we have uh, we we got an experience. Memories get made there. Yep, yep. memories get made there. Best thing about that is it's an easy trip. Very easy. Yeah. So uh, either way, we'll we'll be in some sort of South London uh, area. But uh, reminder that it's a five hundred dollar deposit to get set up. Um, please let us know if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we will uh, we'll do our best to answer those. Contact at London is Blue Podcast or DMs. All right. Remember, payment plans are available. Spaces are limited. Check out the links in all of our social media descriptions or emails. We are excited to put together a group of rock stars to come and visit friends. Chidge has already reached out and a few others. Uh, it was going to be great. So anyways, we're going to take our first ad break. When we're back, we're jumping right into El Final. 
Thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. If you're bored of the US Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with over 5,000 plus server options. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. All right. So here it is the world cup final. We got everything. Uh, if you were a, a bagel lover, this would be the everything bagel, right, Dan? Something that people in Seattle wouldn't know about. No, yeah, they, they do not know about they do not know about bagels here. They're awful. Um, but yeah, you know, you get your onion, you get your garlic, you get your poppy seed, you get your sesame, you get you know potentially maybe it's an egg bagel. Maybe I don't know. I mean, the people up here are crazy in terms of what they throw up on it. Um, but ultimately, Argentina three, France three, and was it the best World Cup match? Again, I think we would say it's the one that we've seen. It's the best one. So. I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was great. Obviously, the narrative shifted very heavily from the beginning (laughs) in the first 45 minutes where I think people were saying, "Okay, well, we're wrapping it up. We're going to go home. We're going to go do something else. Like, you know, maybe this is maybe people had holiday shopping they needed to do. I think Nick was probably thinking like, man, I could I could fit in a workout session real quick. Like all of these things were potentially going to happen. And then France said not fucking today it was great yeah i mean i I think what i would say here brandon really quick is the but most finals are pretty cagey affairs like most teams go out to not lose instead of to win right and it's a rare day when you see this level of attacking prowess in a final that where everything's on the line because typically you just don't want to leave yourself exposed for easy goals and then go down and then it's really tough to claw back i mean this was an exception to the broader rule. I mean, and it was, again, from the 60th minute on, this game had absolutely everything that you could have ever wanted. Uh, It's a little sad it took that long for France to kind of wake up, but it was utterly fantastic. And I just applaud both teams for playing to win because, you know, there have been some snooze fest World Cup finals before. Yeah, some of these stats will definitely help back that up. Obviously, scores 3-3. Argentina had a 3.3 XG to France's 2.2. Remember, France had two penalties. Argentina with the one. Uh, you had 20 shots from Argentina, 10 on frame. France with 10 shots, 5 on frame. Argentina edging the possession with 54%. Uh, but to your point, that kind of backs it up. Uh, France didn't even get their first shot until about the 60th minute. They didn't get their first shot on target until right before the penalty, which was the 81st minute. So it took a lot for France to kind of figure out what they're going to do. Uh, definitely Argentina came out the aggressor in the first one. 
uh, in the first half right from the beginning of the game, which I thought was a little surprising that they just kind of went for it against this French team. Uh, maybe they felt like the potential illnesses that have been going around camp or, um, you know, maybe some injuries. They just they, they felt like there was cracks in the armor and they they seized. Uh, again, the, the first half was all Argentina uh, up to nothing. Dominant. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple changes from both sides. I, I guess we didn't really even mention as well. Uh, so the manager's kind of tinkering. And um, I tell you what, Di Maria coming on, Nick, was a great call. He was electric. Obviously drew the foul for the for the penalty in the opening goal. He's, he's a big game player, man. I, like, I, I think if you're a manager and you have a even 70% Di Maria on your bench for a final, I mean, he, he won them Copa America last year. Um, people forget that that wasn't Messi that won it. It was Di Maria that won it. And uh, he's been playing with Messi and that crew forever. Um, since the 08 Olympics and even before that through the through the unders. So, uh, yeah, he absolutely cooked Kunde and Dembele on that side for 60 minutes. It was an absurd display and had the had the match ended the way that we thought it was going to end. He was definitely player of the match for me. Like it just it was 100 percent him and. I think you look at that penalty that Dembele gave away. It was so stupid. I mean, it was so reckless. You're never getting that ball from behind, basically on the touchline, cutting back towards goal. You're just, it's never going to happen. So, you know, his great performance, Dan, combined with, uh, you know, the the left side of France's terrible performance on the right side, I should say, was was just horrific. And uh, it, was, it was a big mismatch. Yeah, that, that was the thing that, probably shocked me is I, I don't feel like Di Maria was losing out when he was subbed in on the second half. And so that was probably the more shocking thing. I mean, he got his applause when he went off, but he was a boss. He had 26 out of 27 successful passes before being subbed off. He won the penalty. He was integral in the second goal as well. Like his, I use the crime scene analogy a lot, but like his evidence, evidence to tie him to the crime is all over it. Every bit of evidence you need to convict the man is there. He was so, so good on the day. And it it really embarrassed, I think, a couple of the French players who, I don't know, didn't come out to, didn't expect it, I think is the way that I would frame it. Didn't expect how aggressive Argentina were going to be going after every ball with the tactical fouls that they were kind of throwing in with the actual fouls that they were throwing in in general, they played a more physical game, a faster game. And I mean, it also helps when you can pass the ball to Messi as well and have him be a player within that space as well, Nick, because I think just in general, yeah. that that was what I took away from it is that Argentina came ready and France just was not prepared for the way that they were going to get attacked. Uh, French got punched in the mouth really early. Didn't recover for a long time. I mean, it was, it was, I, I actually thought this could be like four or five nil by the end of the game, the way that things were going in the first half. I mean, France were two steps behind, not even one step behind. They, they just looked lethargic. The passing was awful. Uh, and this is a team with, even there, you know, as we mentioned the other day, they're like B plus team. This is not even close to their A plus team, uh, with all the injuries and illnesses and stuff that happened to that squad. I mean, they're on their like fifth and sixth midfielders for for a World Cup final. You think about the amount of talent that France has, 
But I mean, Brandon, they they just got consistently punched in the mouth and had to make two first half subs, which is so incredibly rare. But you know, it was pretty obvious to me that Giroux just didn't have the same pop, you know, in the first half and wasn't able to control the ball as like a target guy. And then Dembele was just a disaster. Which, you know, tough, obviously, for him. I would just remind everybody that Di Maria also scored the goal off of the beautiful counterattack uh, mm-hmm. assist from McAllister, who quite honestly might have <laughs> pipped uh, Griezmann as, as the, like, kind of the fans player of the tournament. Uh, he was massive. But, yeah, they had the double sub, which, um, look, Didier Deschamps, he was brave in this one. I, he completely changed their team by taking a Giroud off mm. and Dembele off and putting Turam on and Kolo Moani. They were like, we need to pick it up. We need to move faster. We need to press. Like, I'm sorry, Giroud. Like, we messed up. This isn't it. And I thought, like, really good on him. He made very decisive substitutions throughout the game and, like, didn't just wait for something to happen. He was very proactive. Uh, but if you look at the timestamps of the subs, he also kind of had to be a little bit. But uh, it, it worked out in the end, which we'll get to. But yeah, that double sub in the 40th minute, a little bit weird because there's only five minutes until halftime. We could bring everyone in, explain what the plan is, and go back out there. But again, he kind of set the tone for France. Like, it is not good enough. He was losing his mind on the sideline. And that is what you want to see from the manager. You want to see uh, you know, him engage and not just scribbling notes in his little notepad. And <laughs> he he's a He's a winner, despite how much I despise the way that he manages that French team and the amount of injuries that we've had because of his management during international breaks, he's won the world cup as a player and a manager. Like the dude, he's a winner. Like there's, there can be no debate about it. Uh, really quickly on McAllister, the, the best tweet of the day. And there, there were phenomenal tweets despite that platform crumbling to the ground. Uh, someone was talking about McAllister and was like, that's right. McAllister's going from, the World Cup final to away at Charlton in two weeks. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, he's going to go back to Brighton after this. Like, it's just that's crazy, man. I don't know. Crazy. And he was on the rise at Brighton, too, this year, too. Like, oh, yeah. He came in in really strong form. And this whole team is going to have players talk about other ones like Fernandez later who've just skyrocketed skyrocketed in terms of like the amount of attention that they're going to receive in terms of how do you get this player into your team and your side. So yes, uh, McAllister might go back to Brighton, but if he's got two weeks off after the world cup, he might not, he might be PJing it to somewhere else. So we'll have to wait and see Uh second half again, nothing really going for France. Like I said, they didn't get their first shot, not shot on target shot until the 61st minute. Uh, then the changes started to come on, come in. Um, Di Maria off, Acuna on. And the 64th, the double sub for France with Griezmann and Teo Hernandez going off and Coleman and Kamavinga coming on. And this is where the shape changed for France. And uh, they, you know, really, again, changed it significantly, went on to do something else. Uh, penalty coming in the 81st minute, Mbappe scoring one of three penalties in in the totality of this match obviously one in regular one in extra and one in penalties is that is that another type of perfect hat trick perfect penalty hat trick <laughs> i i mean 
and and he's going up against one of the best penalty savers in the world. Obviously, you know that was proven in in this tournament multiple times. Captain Mind but, Games. <laughs> yeah, but th- but this is like if you needed an excuse to move forward in your mind on like who's the next the guy. There's no doubt who the next guy is. I mean, it, you want to talk about putting a team on your fucking back and just doing everything that you possibly can and bringing players into the game and, and moving around. Like uh, Mbappe moved from left side to middle, back to left side, exchanged with Cole Morani on the right, was everywhere. Like they didn't know what to do with him. In, in the last 60 minutes of the game, the dude was absolutely unplayable. And, you know, if not for a little bit of luck here or there, I mean, France could win this game. I mean, there's zero doubt about it in my mind. I mean, the Kolo Mwani shot that, that was saved by, by old captain mind games up there it is that's the, that's the winner. I oh mean, that is gosh. absolutely the winner. What a freaking save. I mean, that's crazy. And as you look at the shot chart, right? So, Let's say up until the penalty, Argentina had one, two, three, four, five, six. So they had about half of theirs. So they had 10 more shots from the 80th minute to the 120th minute. France had uh, like almost all of their shots out of their 10. Like they only had two before that. So they had eight shots from the essentially right before the penalty to the end. This game was absolutely electric. Obviously, uh, the second goal, though, right? So we talk about this. They gave up the penalty. Fine. They switched off again for a second. Next thing they know, they're counterattacked, loop a ball in, and Mbappe with another phenomenal finish. Again, the technique, the poise, and the big man for big moment mentality of Mbappe. It just, it raised, he already had one of the highest probably ceilings and profiles and desirability. It somehow got higher. Like there's actually to the point where there's not enough money in football to like properly tie him down to a contract after this tournament. He's going to do the Kirk Cousins deal. He's going to do the Kirk Cousins where he's just like, look, I'm going to take a two-year deal. I'm going to get maximum value and I'll renegotiate every time and up my market value because, but he's also better. It's like, it's like he was Patrick Mahomes for the NFL but he was doing Kirk Cousin contracts every time where he was getting himself a better deal every couple of years. This this was a th- I mean, he's had plenty of moments. Right. But this was his like Steph Curry, LeBron, Jordan type moment like this was you needed him. It was a it was a beautiful flick on like he was definitely on side. And then the technique to take that on the on the volley, Brandon, I, I just man. I, I jumped off my couch. I was, <laughs> I was genuinely like that. Blo- like I had my head in my, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like it, it just that quickly it turned around and it's two, two. And now all bets are off. I mean, you go from 81st to 83rd minute and that's just like on paper in the game, you know, that's really like, you know, 8207 or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. these were literally bang, bang. Uh, even faster than the two Argentina goals, which seemed, you know, back-to-back as well. So all of a sudden, just like that, um, it's 2-2. Uh, Olivier Giroud gets cautioned from the bench. He absolutely loved to see it. He's not giving up. But we get to, I think there's seven minutes of extra time, so we finally get to that point where we're like, all right, full time's over. We can breathe. Uh, both teams, I think, had chances even before final time. Yeah, Argentina got the last shot. 
um, of the of the regulation time. And France had one in the eighty seventh too. I mean, this was a they had like, two right before that as well. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, the end of this game. Uh, there was one where the ball, like Kola Mwani just couldn't control it. Like it bounced a little too high for him, but he was through on goal one-on-one again. And it was like, basically uh, the last 30 minutes of this game was a, who can screw up the game winning chance more? Lataro Martinez or Kola Mwani. It was unbelievable. They both had three or four clear cut chances a piece. Like it was wild. Extra time again was just, it was just wild. It, it was absolute insanity. Um, so many chances between Explaining the Explaining the extra time, though, to people who are not aware of how football works in these type of formats and having to explain it quickly was a bit of a fun exercise, too. And I'm sure people who have friends who are tangential supporters or they only tune in, like they only tune in during the Super Bowl. They only turn in during the World Cup. Well, at least the Super Bowls every year, right? So, like, the rules can be understood a little bit easier. The World Cup, some of the things change year, to, you know, change over time. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, no, it's another half an hour. It is not like next score wins. You, we've got another thirty minutes plus extra time of all this. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, because it's guaranteed no golden goal. Um, yeah. So the first overtime, all we had were subs. Montiel came on, Fofana came on, Paredes, and then Alatar Martinez came on, uh, and then that was kind of it. Uh, the second one is where it opened up and Messi gets the third goal. Uh, you know, they get it in the box, uh, get the cross in, kind of deflects. Whatever Hugo Lloris is doing is kind of like you're not really sure, ends up popping up to who else than Lionel Messi for what was the apparent game winner, pokes in, defender inside the goal mouth, uh, tries to clear it, ball is over the line. A very close offsides call in the buildup. Uh, shout out mm. to American, who was the offsides VAR official, who got that right. He's an MLS ref. The the tips of the fingers uh, against the uh, the rear of the defenders where the line was drawn by a butt cheek, baby. I mean, literally by a butt cheek. It was uh, hair. I, like, in, it's not in, even cheek. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in real time, I thought it was definitely offside. The, the the camera angle that we had, I thought I thought it was way offside but no i mean it was a good call at the end of the day uh so now messi has his second goal of the match obviously with the penalty earlier 108th minute you're like yep we'll see it off uh varan i wanted to shout out his sub konate came on that man literally ran himself into the ground say what you will when he's at manchester united right he played his uh socks off absolutely gave everything he could until he literally could not anymore <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just credit to him. I mean, he was supposedly one of the uh, people with illnesses as well, so the fact that he even played 113 minutes plus the seven minutes of stoppage is probably, like, surprised the France uh, medical staff. Uh, and and the dude has been in a final or two in his day. Like, people forget that he, well, that is a serial a winner. It's been a while, yeah, It's been a minute, <laughs> but United he's, time. he's been a part of five Champions League finals. Like, the dude has, and a World Cup, like, he's a... He's a well-experienced player. He's probably the right call, even if he was sick. But, uh, you know, I also want to give a shout to Upa Meccano, who I thought kept France, or yeah, basically kept France in the game in the first half. He was everywhere. He made, like, an insane block on a messy shot that could have been a goal. That I mean, was an Uri's extra time. Is, 
Oh, he made another one in extra yeah, time, yeah, but he huge. made one in the first half, too. I mean, he was everywhere, and I know that people were kind of skeptical about him, but he he also played insane today. Uh, and it's random to shout out two defenders when you give up three goals <laughs> like they did, but, I mean, if not, it would have been a hell of a lot more. Yeah, then uh, Petzella comes on a Montiel who gets cautioned, uh, and then we're like, all right, we're starting to slow down here. There's only a few minutes left, and boom, penalty. The Argentinian defenders literally throwing themselves in front of the ball, unfortunately, carelessly, arm definitely up away from the body. Uh, anytime that's going to happen, it's going to be uh, a penalty, going to be a handball. What I would say is the referee called three penalties in this game. All of them were stone cold. He was amazing positioning. There was no real yeah. arguments for any of these. VAR didn't overturn him. Uh, the Polish referee did uh, a great job managing this one, and he he absolutely nailed this. Now, Mbappe stepping up to the spot for the second time in this match. He's already had to face Emi Martinez once, Dan, and he, I think he went all the same way for all three of his penalties. It was great. I mean, he. I think he had a little more power on the second penalty in the one in extra time and put it a little higher. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, the way he gave it the little kiss beforehand, too. I mean, you know, everybody's trying to scuff up the spot as well. All the mind games are happening. Uh, I think the football ramble talked about it. It was like the 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 best final boss, like for for penalties, whether it's like a a Setheroff, a Kefka, uh, um, um, and like any of the like a, a Bowser or something. Like this, yeah, yeah, like yeah. he is it. He is the final boss. He's the Gandalf of penalty shootouts at the moment, with just the the absolute nonsense. Like I can't imagine like as a neutral on this, right? Like I'm not. I was not rooting against or for either side. And if you were an Argentinian fan or, or like a, a friends fan watching, how annoying he must be in that moment. <laughs> it's uh, they, unreal. Fr- France should have taken a, a, a lesson out of Chelsea's book from the Club World Cup last year and Ooh. sent up the decoy. I was I was shocked that one, the referee needs to control that. I mean, that's out of control. Uh, every single time he gets away with it, you fucking joking me. It's an absolute joke. But two. France need to be smarter. They need to send up uh, Opamakano or uh, who's the other Kanate one? Kanate was uh, the, in there. Kanate that got subbed in, right? Someone who was just going to stand there like a bodyguard while Mbappe delicately put the ball down on the spot and then walked back. Like, is in, And I know that can't happen in penalties, right? Because everyone has to be back on the half line. But during during regulation, absolutely. Like... Why, why are you not shit housing back? You have to be ready for that scenario. Uh, and because you know he that he is now well known for this, Brandon. As a goalkeeper, this is what he does to everybody. And he's really good at it. But you can't let him do it. Well, I mean, they do. So he continues to flex on that. So that's something they're going to have to look at. Uh, but again, if the fact that Mbappe without hesitation, steps up in in regulation time and extra time and buries his penalties is just massive, massive for him. Again, 23 playing in his second World Cup final uh, is wild. Uh, so obviously it, it ends there, but like we said, uh, you know, it was end-to-end, right? France would get a chance, and then Argentina would get a chance back and forth, and uh, Lataro Martinez missed the header, um, to your point, what... Um, uh, Muani missed like a one-on-one essentially right at the end. It just, it was back and forth to the death, which I absolutely loved. And then at the death here at 121, 
121st minute, that's when you get the penalty sub. So uh, Dybala came on for Argentina, and Axel de Sassi came on uh, for France. And that was it. One thing that I would say before we get into the individual penalties, France fucked this up. Much like the Netherlands fucked it up two rounds ago. Go for the jugular in extra time. Do not go to penalties against this Argentina team. They're too clinical. And, you know, obviously Martinez is his own whole situation. But, uh, I mean, they they took their foot off the gas. They, They had Argentina scrambled in the second half. Like, and their heads were dropping. You had the momentum. And then you just... Them and the Netherlands took their foot off the gas and were, and it seemed like they were playing not to lose a little bit until they had to play to win again. Like, it was such a bummer to to see that if you're a France fan. Uh, for, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely kind of went, I don't know, France was starting to to lose their shape. They, they definitely, I think both of them were a little imbalanced at the end based on their formations and who was on there. You know, normally France would be able to bring a Tuchemeni or a Kamavinga off the bench at this stage. Instead, they're going to a Fofana um, they're going to a Moani, they're going to a, a Taram, maybe players that, again, just because of the depth issue, they had to to go a little deeper. So Good, not great. great yeah, oh, like. for sure. So penalty-wise, um, again, there's been a lot of debates about penalties throughout the, the, the whole tournament. Do you have your best player go first? Neymar didn't kick. Then in, in, in a competition, then you put him first. It just, it all depends, right? And so um, there's two coin flips, one to see, uh, which goal mouth I think you go to. The other one then was who gets to go first. Messi and Mbappe right away. Boom. All right. Well, strategy has been defined. No concern here. And Mbappe yeah. steps up, hits his third penalty against the same goalkeeper on the day. Messi steps up 1-1, hits his second penalty. Uh, this time, Hugo Lloris tried to wait a little bit, bait him one side and then go back the other. Just wasn't big enough to get a hand on it. Uh, and that essentially was job done for those two. As far as I concerned, they did everything they possibly could have. They were the absolute studs uh, of this tournament and of this match. Uh, but from there, Kingsley Coman misses. Good save from Emmy Martinez. Not a great pen, right? Didn't really bury it in the corner. Uh, but again, King Kingsley Coman has won almost a dozen trophies or something like that in his young career. Like. Yep. It's a, it's an yeah. amazing CV he's got. Uh missed didn't, didn't look super confident though, I would say. Like when he walked up there, it kind of had a little shakiness to it, you know. Yep. And then the sub someone highlighted the fact that you're following Messi and Mbappe in penalties. Like that's not gonna feel good in any capacity in terms of the oh, I gotta go like do something similar to those guys. Well, I mean, he, he had a chance. Uh didn't go well. Uh Dybala, the the late sub, uh buries his. That might have been his second or third touch of the game the award for doing the least and still winning the world cup yep paulo dubala come on down stepped up uh then tuchimani missed his and i i yeah. heard this is emmy martinez like kicked the ball away before this and he had to like go get it yep i i, I don't think it was wasn't on the- carded wasn't there was nothing that happened he threw the he ball was eventually carded yes for all of his shenanigans at the he because <laughs> in the penalty run-up it is goal 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 Yellow card goal. <laughs> so at some point he did get cautioned. We're not really sure what for. Uh, but then Tuchimeni misses, right? I think he started to see Emmy go that way to to where he was going. So then it's just the natural thing. You try to change it at the last second and try to get it tucked further in the corner. Just pulled it wide. Uh, but again, uh, an amazing future. A Real Madrid player uh, has a ton going for him. Uh, then here's the big one, right? for Argentina you make 
that means that you would literally have to miss your last two to go into extra. Like if Paredes makes, makes this one, it essentially it boosts the probability rankings. And he did, uh, I believe, didn't he just go right down the middle? Mm-hmm. Cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. And then Kolomuani, being a, a young looking 23 year old, ice in his veins. He also hit it right down the middle. That's what you have to do against Martinez. You have to hit it so hard that he can't move over to it because he is he's big and quick. Like I, I don't understand the combination that Martinez is, is rocking, but that penalty was exactly what you're supposed to do. It's just a shame that he couldn't do that in regular time. <laughs> well, one on one on the goal, but yeah, it was a it was a perfect penalty. It just wasn't enough. And then Montiel, the the late sub, he came in and um Poise. I mean, he seemed no pressure. Didn't did he understand where he was? Did he know what he was doing? That was to seal it. And once he scored, he just kind of like walked away from the spot. And I was like, <laughs> "What?" Could you imagine that pressure? Like the the pressure yeah, that you pee. have as as a I, I, I like I was I was ner- like I pitted out my shirt watching this game. Like I was nervous for him and like the like just the way that he took the penalty was so disciplined and calm there was no staggered run up there was no like herky jerky where am i gonna run from it was like no i'm gonna just put it in the bottom left and and then we're good to go and i was i like they were just uh, on on balance that's the result that's probably how it should have gone but i was just i couldn't the whole nation of argentina all their problems the messy narrative Everything that's on your shoulders as a penalty kick taker in that moment, whew, yeah. my goodness. Didn't even go to five. It was crazy. So, uh, again, I think the stats over um, all of history, as long as they can go back, is if you shoot first, you tend to win more times than not. This World Cup has actually flipped that. Whoever went second has won almost all the all the shootouts. So, uh, fun little statistical anomaly there. Uh, they'll have to, have to look through when it's all said and done. But... Argentina wins first time since 1986. Maradona, hand to God. Um, they, they've done it. Messi has completed the perfect career. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other awards and kind of where that goes from there. But, uh, Dan, last word to you on the 120 minutes plus pens. Wow. The next World Cup match will be in North America. 2026, baby. Let's go. The next men's World Cup, Dan. Bring, Correct. Bring your invisibility cloak, baby. <laughs> it's coming back to the States. All right. We're going to go and take a last ad break when we get back again. Messi versus Mbappe. Who's greater? Who's on the rise? So thank the sponsors. We'll be right back. All right. Before we do, Nick, merch, merch, merch. That is right. There's still a sneaky maybe chance that if you order today, when you listen, it might make it there. But hey, it turns out they make great late gifts as well. Yeah, look, I mean, if you're like me and not a not a big gift planner necessarily, perhaps you'll you'll have a nice midweek present to give somebody um, and, and you can blame the shipping or whatever you want. But uh, but yeah, new crewnecks, new hats. Uh, I know you can't you know, see the hat that I'm wearing, but it's quite delightful. Uh, coffee mugs for the early morning kickoff for uh, our, our game against Bournemouth on the 27th uh, hoodies, like all the all the warm stuff you, you want to you want to do so please 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 get those in before um before the holidays if you can and then i think we'll we'll likely uh keep this collection up for a little bit uh if you you get a little extra christmas cash and want to spend it on the store 
All right, well, let's jump into a little bit of Messi versus Mbappe. Uh, these two were just phenomenal. Obviously, you have Messi, 35, playing in what is most likely to be his last World Cup. I'll let you count him out, not me. Uh, he won the golden ball. This is his second golden ball. That's right. He won it back in 2014 when they made it to the final as well. This time, it wasn't the only gold he took with them. Uh, SofaScore tweeted out in his match against France, he had 85 touches, two goals, five shots, four on target. With alone, he had a 1.83 XG, obviously the penalty upping that quite a bit. He created one big chance. He had three key passes, 47 to 54 accurate passes, a penalty shootout goal, 9.2 Sofa score rating. He was phenomenal. Um, for me, guys, like Messi has always been better than Ronaldo to me because, and we saw it today, his passing, his vision and range of passing is, it's mind-blowing. He had a chance to shoot the top of the box and said he played an amazing slide pass backwards that I don't think anybody was looking at that way. Ronaldo would have shot that, right? And it's just a difference in mentality of the two players. To me, this absolutely de facto puts him as the GOAT. I think he is he's quite honestly top three of all 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 time. So is he the GOAT or top three of all time? Well, I think like GOAT is usually between him and Ronaldo, right? Usually people are saying who's the GOAT, it's Messi versus Ronaldo. So I'm at least saying in that debate, it's de facto Messi, especially because he's won his version of the Euros and now he's won the World Cup. He's won everything domestically that you could ever win. Um, he has two golden balls and a World Cup. Between that debate, settled in my mind. I think he's probably top three in the history of the game. He's number one history all time. I, mean, I don't think it's even a debate. The level of competition that he is playing in 2022 cannot be compared to what Pelé did in the 50s, 60s, 70s, nor what Maradona faced in the 70s and 80s. Maradona, far more entertaining of a human being and crazier Pelé, an absolute gentleman who we hope is is recovering well from an illness at this point. There's just no debate. Um, I think in my mind for a long time, he was a little protected by the by the Barcelona machine that was going on around him because they were the great. I mean, I don't even think it can be debated. They were just like the greatest Champions League team I had ever watched. And the fact that we stopped them a couple of times from from doing their thing was an absolute anomaly and so great and something I'm super proud of as a Chelsea fan but he is he is simply the best player of all time. I like give him his flowers whatever you want to do. He was the best player of all time before this game. He is certainly there now. Uh Ronaldo is acting like a petulant little bitch right now, so I think he's dropped a rating just on his own. And uh, you know, I I think Ronaldo's now in like fourth maybe heading downward because of, of the way that he's kind of casting himself in his career. Uh, he kind of has a little bit of uh post point, you know, like kind of end of career Maradona syndrome, uh, ironically. Uh, but Dan, he is, he is simply the best player ever for me. He still has one major question to answer. Can he do it on a humid, sticky night in Miami in the MLS? <laughs> and we're going to find out in the very near future. But as it stands, <laughs> On record, on performance, Lionel Messi, to me, is the GOAT of men's football and just above, to you, like you, Nick, Pele at number two. I think that is the, the start of the list. And then I think you can, however you want to frame it, however you want to factor it, you could start to build 
who is third, who is fourth, who is fifth. But Messi has now elevated himself to a tier of one that is really not within touch from the others who would be a challenger to the the throne in my mind. Messi's magical night. Um, I was so happy. Obviously, I was pulling for the Argentina team. A lot of it is just to fulfill his career. Uh, I thought they, you know, they obviously played for him. Uh, Pat Nevin is such a funny quote here. Obviously, says it's him. It's absolutely him on whether or not this will like make him the goat, you know, of all time. So obviously, Pat throwing his, um, you know, his name in the Messi ring, and then he follows it up and says, "quote The worry if you're an Ar- if you're Argentinian is." I can't see them winning the next World Cup because he won't be there, end quote, which I don't think is really going to shock anyone. But I can tell you what, they don't care right now. They'll be sober in about seven days, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let them, let them hang on seven for days. a little bit before, before the next three and a half years come around. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, if you want an opinion to trust, Pat Nevin, who himself was quite a tasty player, quite a tasty winger. So, uh, yeah. Nothing more to say on that. Yeah, let me remind you, Dan, seven days. Budweiser is currently shipping the entire World Cup supply of beer to Argentina as we speak, I'm guessing. Maybe they're going to put it on the bottom of the team plane. I don't know. Wow. What if the players just handing out beers? Uh, I can't wait for that open top parade. That'll be uh, amazing. But Mbappe on the other side, while he didn't win it, he by no means harmed his reputation whatsoever. He won the golden boot. Uh, By the way, he had eight. Messi had seven. This game determined who got the golden boot. Uh, Sofa score back on the script saying, despite France's defeat, this is killing Mbappe's performance. It will live long in the FIFA World Cup memory. He had 46 touches, three goals, six shots, three on target, a 1.76 XG, four of nine successful dribbles, a penalty shootout goal and an 8.4 Sofa score rating. Wow. They had Messi at a 9.2, who had a goal and a, two goals and assist. Uh, Mbappe had the hat trick and only got an 8.4. But uh, I think we all could tell that France struggled a little bit more than Argentina on the night. Uh, everything went on his shoulders, Dan. Uh, anytime there was a moment to be decisive, he stepped up. Uh, he absolutely did not hide in this match. Uh, the last 10 minutes plus extra time, he owned. If you think about it as stories, this is probably where the climax of Messi's career, the pinnacle moment has happened, at least from a playing perspective. It's not to say that the... MLS and getting a chance to compete uh, against uh, the Mighty Loons or other teams, uh, you know, uh, Sporting KC uh, might fill out and round out his career fully, but I would say he's probably in the falling action phase of his narrative, whereas Mbappe continues to be on the rising narrative end of his story. And this is just another example where even though France didn't win, even though France made it to the final and got so damn close to doing the back-to-back, you can see and plot out the future that this individual, this young man is going to have, and it is potentially monumentous in what he will be able to achieve and how he potentially can rival the legacy of someone like Messi you know, he's going to pass Giroud's <laughs> record in just a ridiculous fashion. Like, he's going to start lapping him in a couple of years. Um, 
and he's gonna be in uh in in his 20s when he's doing that and so i think nick it's just a matter of both both things can be true Messi can have had the most amazing moment but at the same time Mbappe could have had a phenomenal experience and just further solidified the the bricks that he is using to build his career at the moment in this World Cup. Yeah, I mean, he he was he was simply the best player on the field for large parts of the game today. I mean, when you say a player's unplayable, like that usually goes to a messy Right, you, you you just can't cope with them. Mbappe is now that guy. I think this was as clear of a passing of the torch as there's ever been in, you know, goat land or whatever we're calling it. Um, you you think about the fact that like at 23 he's played in two World Cup finals. At 23 he scored this many World Cup goals. At 23 he's ripping it up at France has to go and uh, ripping it up in, in the French league for, for domestic leagues and has to go somewhere else to, to win now uh, to kind of bolster his legacy and, and do more, but simply unplayable. And if you want my early prediction for who's going to win the next world cup, it's France. <laughs> they, they are, they're stocked. They're, they're ready to go. All these, all these guys like, yeah, it might not be your grease It might not be your Giroux's. It might not be the guys that you're used to. Kanate, Upa Meccano. Kunde's young, uh, Shuameni and uh, and uh, Kamavinga both young, uh, like Cole Mwani, younger than Mbappe. They are they're nuts, and they and they just seem to produce. It's it's like recruits in Alabama for college football. It's like the pipeline just never stops. Like you're just like oh so. You're going to have the best recruits in the world again. Your team's going to just be nuts again. Despite injuries, despite playing your B-plus team to their A-plus team, you're you're going to still give them that much of a run. And he's he's the reason. Like, he will be – he is going to be the biggest star in the world while Messi's still playing. Like, that's my prediction. What I would say is Messi is now to the point where I don't give a shit what he does for his next career move. No, Legacy no. supplanted, like – Hey, you go do whatever you want, big man. Mbappe, on the other hand, he's literally going to be going trying to say, where can I build a super team where I just win everything for the next 10 years? He like that. That's his new thing. I hope he doesn't team hop as much um, like some guys have had trying to find it. You know, Pogba's kind of bounced around, never really got his footing. You know, even Neymar took the, the golden goose at PSG, which hasn't, you know, quite done it. So um, that's his kind of difference and, and he needs to go try to win 47 trophies as well <laughs> um and he there's looks a, pr- there's primed this to really do it. cool club in london that could use a striker are you giving a recommendation dan is this what you're look I, I i'm gonna give him recommendation i think that the, there's a club in london london phenomenal city you're living in paris mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of city upgrades that you can do right like there are very few cities that you can upgrade from you want to be in the biggest stage you want an owner who wants to make a very splashy commercial signing potentially the biggest transfer ever that sounds like something you would want to be involved in would you not want to go play for Todd Bowley's Showtime Blues Here's here's the thing you're missing, Dan. We could even be his tour guide. Like, if he wants to come on the trip with us in March, <laughs> we just show him around for a little bit, you know, and and take him to all the haunts. You know, I think he'll love the Cock Tavern. 
you know, he'll just be a huge fan of, of, you know, the butcher's hook. Maybe go get a burger or something like that. You know, it'd be great. France do need to sort out their goalkeeping. The fact they have Hugo Lloris, oh, Steve Mandanda, yeah. and Alfonso Ariola as their three goalkeepers is shocking. Uh, I believe that's some injuries, but it's just not good enough in that position for them. Uh, a couple other things from this World Cup. Uh, Opt Analyst has the youngest players to 10. It was Mbappe. He's the quickest player to 10 goals in the FIFA World Cup. He's 23 years old, 363 days, two days before his 24th birthday. Gerd Müller uh, was 24. Coxis was 24. And um, Müller as well was uh, 24 and a half, a little over. Uh, and then Thomas Müller. What? The, the other Thomas yeah. Müller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I assumed everyone listening to this probably knows. Uh, the the new Miller. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The original Ronaldo. I hate that. Like, anyways. Uh, Sofa score quick stat. Kylian Mbappe has just become the only only the second player to ever score a hat trick in a FIFA World Cup final after Jeff Hurst in 1966. And Jeff Hurst has tweeted, "Congratulations, uh, Mbappe." He goes, "It was a fun run. It's all yours now." So a very cool tweet from Sir Jeff Hurst after that. Mm-hmm. A uh, couple up-and-comers out of this one. Look, gentlemen, we always say do not buy off the back of the World Cup, but here we are putting out podcasts with CFC Central. And, uh, buy the rise! Buy the rise! Dan is pushing a buy-buy-buy agenda. Dan, Dan's over here like Jim Cramer on CNBC. Just hitting <laughs> those a big buttons, red button baby. that I get to smash. Um, just bring out a hammer and fucking destroy that thing. <laughs> Turn it into fucking dust. Gold, hopefully uh, gold dust because then we can use it to pay the release clause yeah. for Enzo Fernandez. Uh, the Optigo stat was one. Uh, he led all players for touches, 118 successful passes, 77, and tackles, 10 in the finals. 10 tackles were the most valuable player in a World Cup final uh, since uh, Gattuso in 2006 with 15, blessed. And he won the young player of the tournament. Individuals such as Mbappe, Pogba, Mueller, Thomas, and uh, Polski uh, 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 ended up uh, winning it as well. So he's in good company. He's in great company. And he wasn't even playing his best position for the majority of the tournament. So, yes, let's go out and get him and Declan Rice and have a midfield for the future. Today! Well, I mean, who knows if it happens in January. Uh, sounds like Nkuku is done for the summer. But uh, he definitely fits a lot of the aspects, uh, especially from shithousery and bite from a Chelsea midfield. Uh, I do appreciate you guys including uh, Emmy Martinez's celebration as he won the Golden Glove. Uh, it, it, what, it, what this shows, and it's important that we, that we discuss this, albeit briefly, is that not only are goalkeepers obviously the most athletic on the field, this just Definitely. shows that the depth of cerebral awareness and knowledge that we possess <laughs> to like understand a big moment when it presents itself. Just stuck the glove trophy <laughs> understand the right on his pelvis and hip thrust in the most ceremonious way ever. <laughs> Honestly, like the the tribute and the, the honor that he gave he to did. this this award is it's amazing. We're cerebral as well as athletic. First, you have the hand of God by Maradona, a classic, and now you have the hand of cock, you know, by by Martinez, and and that's pretty fun too. Uh, he's a grown. He's a shit. He's a shit house as, as shit house gets. The Fox commentary did the best thing they did the entire tournament. They were like, Oh no, (laughs) that was their commentary. When they zoomed in on Martinez holding his award, um, like, uh, like a giant, I just has to be said a giant cock. But, uh, my favorite part is the photo that we pulled 
is some Qatari official onlooking with just a, a disappointed dad face. I don't know. Just he looks like come he's on, admiring. Emmy. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Uh, look again. Emmy Mar- Martinez is, is thirty. So yeah, not the nineteen-year-old kid that just was given a new <laughs> toy and he didn't know what to do with it. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, there was a third match, uh, third-place match. It was Croatia versus Morocco. The last two Chelsea players uh, in Kovacic and um, wow. I can see him. I Ziyech. Yeah, Ziyech. I just go. completely blanked. My mind is, gotcha. is running. Uh, Morocco went up one nothing, but the the Croatians just kind of slowly, like in the arm wrestling feet. You know, you get them leaning one way, and they just slowly pinned them back and and did the business two one. All I have to say is credit to the teams for respecting it and putting out almost their full strength elevens. I would have shipped that shit in a mm. heartbeat. I didn't watch it, not out of lack of respect. It just didn't interest me. This World Cup's been jam-packed with games. I needed a morning off. This wasn't it. But I did watch it while I was at Lifetime, so that was a nice little distraction. Yeah, I mean, like, again, this was unnecessary given all the circumstances around this World Cup, given the fact that these players are now going to go back to their clubs and have to play in a week. Like, again, we had many solutions, including rock, paper, scissors, and other things that that would have easily settled this. Um, but I mean, look, what, what I could say about Kovacic is like that dude, by the time his career is over too, and you look at the trophies in his cabinet, you look at his performances in major moments, like it, it probably isn't out of bounds to say that he was their best player, second best player, all tournament. Um, he looked like he escaped major, major injury, which is good for us. And obviously we desperately need him to be healthy for the rest of the season because midfield's a little thin right now. Um, but you know they they did go out with a with a bang and I'm I'm happy for them. It was a really nice moment, Dan, to see Modric with his father at the end. Yeah. Um. It, and like I love those moments. You know, the Moroccan players with their parents at this World Cup. Like there were some wholesome moments in the middle of this absolute dumpster fire of a tournament, and uh, it was really really cool to see because that was definitely Modric's last ride too. Well, he did confirm that he would play in the Nation League's finals in next June. So there's oh, cool. that at least on the docket for him. After that, anyone's guess, you know, again, he just doesn't necessarily need a lot of the speed to get get it done for what he does. But it would be interesting to see if he could uh, extend himself to be available for it. Same with Messi, too. Like medical, sci- medical science is crazy. Medical science is absolutely crazy nowadays. Got it out to the Euros, though, man. One la- The Euros are only in a year and a half now. Like... There you go. Me- Messi, I, I think he's just exhausted now. I don't know. We'll see what he oh, does. But God. to be 39, it, you know, doing it, we'll see. Um, can, yeah, Kovacic had a funny post, too. He, he It was his wife's birthday, like, I think the day after or something like that. And he said, like, happy birthday. I got you a present. And it was his third place medal. And I was like, a little selfish, but, you know, <laughs> hey, thought that counts. <laughs> hey, honey, I ran around the pitch for 90 minutes and got you this medal. Thanks for hanging out. Um, all right. Uh, before we kind of wrap up our world cup, we do want to remind everybody that, uh, we're very quickly ramping back up into absolute normalcy. Uh, the Chelsea season, uh, part two, three is the last two thirds of the season coming up. It is. And we are hitting it off of the bang. So this week, obviously you'll be listening to this on Monday and then Dan, we are just a five pod week? Are you trying to make it a six pod week? Oh yeah, we're 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 going large with the return to the Premier. Dan's league. like, I'm traveling all weekend with my in laws. Like, I need something to listen to. 
selfish. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, here's my situation. You might be in a similar situation. Let's help you out as your favorite Chelsea podcast. We've got a couple of episodes with Sam looking at some players. Uh, David Dotro uh, Fafana, that's right, a second Fafana potentially coming to Chelsea. And uh, not, not fully agreed yet. We did preface that throughout the entirety of the episode. It's not a agreed signing yet. Uh, we've got a London's Blue Holiday Mailbag. we got uh, an Cuckoo special coming as well, considering that that one has gotten the here we go from Fabrizio in terms of contracts being signed. And then we figured there's a lot of people. You might be one of these individuals who's just come to listening to Chelsea, to listening about the, the Premier League, trying to pick a team. You saw Christian Pulisic. You, you saw him put an appendage on the line to advance the U.S., and you're like, I got to root for the team that that guy plays for. And that's great. But we don't want you to just root for Christian Pulisic now. If you're coming to Chelsea, we want you to root for all of Chelsea because that's an important part of it. But you might not know where to start. Lucky for you, good friend, new friend, old friend, that we have a three-part series we did on the club's history to get you up to speed. And we're going to repost them the feed on the back half of the week. So it's a little bit of our Christmas gift holiday gift to you regardless of what holiday you celebrate in three episodes so 23rd 24th 25th bam 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 you need something get wrong. prepped oh actually dan sorry you're wrong we have four because oh my god fr- we got four on friday uh rick this is and a gary gift to me this is a gift it, to me now you're you're welcome dan i'm, I'm really here to, to help um Rick and Gary are back with another famous CFC on Friday about festive Chelsea and some of the holiday stories of yore, uh, including some Boxing Day uh, nonsense that used to happen where the teams would play two matches in two days back in like the 50s. Um, So lots of really good stories there. And then Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, history of Chelsea in three pods. You uh, are potentially going to have eight or nine pods in the span of seven or eight days to listen to. And, uh, and if you are new, if you've listened to this absolute nonsense of the World Cup pod, there is a much better future with Chelsea ahead um, that, that, we, uh, that we see for you. And we just want to help uh, bridge that gap in knowledge. All right. Well, I'm sure we're going to skip this tweet from Alexi Lawless and end on a positive note. I would hate to ruin it otherwise. But no, it, Messi moved him finally. <laughs> I could care less. The best thing about the World Cup ending is that Alexi Lawless's influence in the game of soccer ceases. Fox was awful all tournament it has to be said i don't love criticizing any broadcasters i know it's a hard job but if you compare what espn did in 2014 to what fox has done in 2018 and and 2022 it is just miles apart in depth of knowledge and overall class of the broadcasts and i know this one in particular was difficult you know for a thousand different reasons but they just did a, a really bad job and I will actually end on a good note. Sorry. Andreas Contour, if you go look on Twitter to the video of him calling the winning penalty for Argentina, the goat of announcers in the entire world, it that will move you. That will bring you to tears. It is it is super touching. So go look at that. It is planned to be linked in the newsletter as well. So uh, not just newsletter. his commentary calling it, but... There's a front-facing video which captures it as he's calling it, and that is a really, uh, really special moment. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. Thank you for hanging out with us during the World Cup. It is officially over. We are going to take a nap. 
And when we're back, Chelsea will be here, Christmas will be over, and it will be the countdown to the end of the Premier League season. So thanks for hanging out with us. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Get the blue flag flying high.